0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio
1: in high fidelity. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. wrong startup. (laughs) I'm really on the ball today. Welcome to the Lena Nelson-Dooley Show on the Long Came uh, Rider Network on Blog Talk Radio. Today, my guest is Becky Wade, and I'm really excited about this. Becky is a another Texas author who actually lives uh, in the Dallas, near the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and uh, so I see her uh, occasionally, some, sometimes more often than uh, because we do go to some of the same writer meetings, <laughs> and I just love Becky's books. I don't know, listeners, if you have read her books. Uh, if you've followed my blog, you've probably become aware, uh, introduced to her books. I, tell, I told my husband today, I said, when I grow up, I want to write like Becky Wade does, <laughs> which, i am excuse me, I'm way, way far older than she is. Welcome today, Becky. I'm glad to have you. Thank you for inviting me, Lena. I'm pleased to be here. And, and uh, right off the bat, I want to give you uh, listeners information on how you, you can uh, connect with Becky. Uh, her website is www.becky.com. Wade, W-A-D-E, all one dot com and her blog, I love her blog. A name it's www.inspiredbylifeandfiction.com/slash blog. Uh, and you'll want, you'll want to look her up when you get through listening to this uh show, or if you're doing it on the as the free uh, I uh, hello, words are my business, but today they're gone. Uh, it will be, be on free on iTunes later after the show is over. Becky's a California native who attended Baylor University, yay, met and married a Texan, double yay, settled in Dallas, triple yay. She published historical romances for the general market before putting her career on hold for several years to care for her three children. When God called her back to writing, Becky knew he meant for her to turn her attention to Christian fiction. She loves writing funny, yes, they are, modern, yes, they are, inspirational contemporary romance. She's the Carol Award, Christie Award and Inspi Inspi Award winning author of My Stubborn Heart, the Porter Family series and Bradford Sisters series romance. Bradford Sisters romance series. And uh, she just recently won the Christie. Is this your first Christie?
0: Yes, uh, this is my first Christie nomination. And so I was really astonished to be nominated. And then uh, I traveled (laughs) down to Nashville for the half day writing conference and the Christie awards ceremony and then was very astonished to um, come away with the award. It was such an honor just to be nominated. So I'm still kind of on cloud nine over it.
1: <laughs> I so understand because uh, I was a finalist in the uh, Faith, Hope, and Love Reader Award and yes. to me, that's one of the top, it used to be the uh, ICR a, right, Inspirational you know, the, Reader's Choice Award, Reader's yes, that's what Award. it was called. Now it's Faith, Hope, yes. Faith, Hope yeah. and Love One. But I uh, I was I, when I was a finalist, I just thanked God for allowing me that wonderful opportunity because the other two authors were, uh, the other two books were Bethany authors. And oh, so wow. In my yeah. mind, there, and there was no chance under the sun. For me to win. <laughs>
0: well, <And> I, <laughs> um, I think that these these awards are just fun to participate in. I participate in the Rita as a judge, and um, I uh-huh. enter my books in several awards for a few reasons. Yeah. One, I I love the opportunity to recognize authors for wonderful work. You know, I like no matter yeah no matter who is nominated in a category, I'm I'm so just pleased at the opportunity to recognize authors for what they're doing. And uh-huh. um, the other thing is a lot of the awards, like the one you just mentioned, they are judged by readers. And so it's a way for me to get my, you know, four or three copies of my books in the hands, okay, of, new hands of new readers. And then well, yeah, um, I- finally, if you do happen to final, um, it's just such an encouragement, I feel like, <laughs> yes. in, a, in a job yeah. that can be, you know, somewhat discouraging over the long haul.
1: Lonely and discouraging, because we uh, mm-hmm. we are solit. It's solitary work, you know. And and uh, you know me, I'm I'm a people person,
0: <laughs> right? So
1: yeah, uh, you you do feel kind of disconnected. But yeah, I love I love the awards, and I love the fact that the awards uh, do introduce uh, new writers to. Uh, readers and yes. I love yes. I loved getting the Readers' Choice Award because so many of them are judged just by other authors or whatever you know and I it's the readers you want to to please and so I loved that but of course the Christie is is the creme de la creme of Christian awards and I when I read your name I went oh yay. The book you won the award on is Her One and Only. Now, you want to tell us a little bit about that one? Sure.
0: That is the fourth book in my
1: four-book Porter Family series,
0: and it's about uh-huh. the youngest sister in the family, Drew Porter. It's her love story. And she is a very brave, blunt, feisty character. She's a former Marine and a black belt and an expert um, pistol shooter and so she was a heroine who was absolutely great fun to write there are some characters not many but there are some for me that just spring to life it's like i don't have to spend a lot of time trying to draw and tug them out and understand their personality and delve deep into their character because they're already just sort of so alive, so real in my imagination. Yeah. And she yeah. was one of those. So I was real fortunate to have one character like that in that story. And I decided because she was a bodyguard. She's an ex- called Executive Protection Agent. She was a bodyguard. Oh so goodness. I paired her with a, um, a professional NFL player who was receiving death threats. So she was assigned to his case, oh, cool. and the two of them, she has to protect him from this stalker, and um, of course she can't fall in love or with him because he's her me. client. She's and her so it was, was a lot of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of fun to have that particular romantic conflict to work with, and and this real really? strong heroine to write.
1: Uh, listeners, this is the one book of Becky's that I have missed. I did. I have, I've read, I think everything else you've, you've written until her one and only, and then the one we're going to talk about. And so I was like, of course, a lot was going on in my life too. And I didn't keep up with, you know, who am I missing? Because I, you know, I had knee replacements and all kinds of things going on. And so, uh, I am looking forward, especially now that I hear what it's about. I'm looking forward to reading this book. Uh, I know that I will enjoy it tremendously. And listeners, you will want to go get a copy of this uh, because a win one that wins a Christie Award is a highest honor, and and not just anybody can win a Christie. <laughs> And so uh, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a really blessed book. And then she also has another book, uh, your start start series, the Bradford sisters romance series. And your first one true to you, when did it come out? True to you came out, um, in May of 2017, this past May. Okay. Okay. Well, I think I have you scheduled on my blog pretty soon with one, uh, uh, but I had missed scheduling you with her one and only. Tell us about you because maybe they'll, they'll buy two books <laughs> when they're at the bookstore because, or <laughs> on Amazon or ChristianBooks.com or wherever they buy their books. Uh, because once they read anything of yours, I know they're going to want to come back. So tell us about well after
0: I you. had finished my Porter family series, which was set in Texas. That series was sort of my love letter to my um, home state of Texas, which I didn't grow up in Texas, but I sure love the state. And so that series was my love letter to Texas. And then after I finished that, I really thought long and hard about what I wanted to do with my next series and where I might want to set the books. And I decided to write about three sisters because I am one of three sisters. And I thought that might be fun for that relationship. And I decided to set it in Washington state because I grew up in California and I was always intrigued by Washington, which was just a couple of states to the to the north of California. Uh Um, Every time I would see photos of it or stories about it, it just appealed to me. It's just so um, kind of green and lush and moody and just naturally so beautiful. And so before I started writing the first book in the Bradford sister series, my husband and I took a trip up to Washington and stayed there for oh, cool. a week and had a great time just exploring um, that part of the country. And I was just so inspired. And so I decided to write my um, my books in in that setting. So I created a fictional quaint little fictional town um, based on an area of the state where we stayed. And um I decided to kick off the series with a prequel novella, which is written in the epistolary format, which means it's told. The whole story is told through um, journal entries and phone calls and letters. And mm-hmm. um, that one is called Then Came You, and that one is is free for e-download. Um, for anyone to pick up, and then you can also buy it in print if you are an avid print reader. It's it's quite inexpensive in print. Um, so that is available, and then True to You was the first novel in the series, and it's about the middle
1: sister. It's her love story. Cool, cool. I like that. Uh, I have not been to the West Coast, uh, but I've, I my mckenna's daughter series they were set in seattle washington and it was when washington was a territory right just like four years before it became a state and then uh oregon city right outside portland and then san francisco so i I, the northern part of the and i did major major research on all those areas, and I want to go. <laughs> I want to go and take yes. a trip up there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when those you're areas are beautiful. are beautiful. Yeah, when you're writing historical, um, I didn't have to make up a a town uh, because I I was able to connect with actually the Seattle Library. Um, I con- I contacted the the uh, uh, adult uh, resource librarian I couldn't find books I couldn't find I couldn't find websites I could I was just I was getting really frustrated sometimes I can find uh, videos to watch you know so you can see what it looks like of course I have looked at a lot of things but they had digitized like it was uh, in the year 2000 and I was writing Those in like 11, 12, and 13 or something like that, but any 2011. They digitized in 2000 literally thousands and thousands of historical photos by decade. And they had what I was able to create Seattle in 1885. Cause I, mm-hmm. I used the 1885 photos and I found the ones I needed to, I mean, I, I had, I had the, the downtown area and I had, I had all these papers I printed up Is it told what people were in the pictures and the names of the streets and the names of the businesses. And the only thing that I created that was, uh, like not historically there was the business that my, that my people were in, you know? It was real fun. Wow, well,
0: that's amazing uh, that you were able to have, you know, such a fantastic resource that you were able to set and root your character in such a uh-huh. true to, to history surrounding, you know, even with the names of the different businesses and stuff like that yeah. that surrounded her. That's great. Well, well
1: I, that's one of the hallmarks of my historicals, is that yeah. my people and their story are fiction but everything mm-hmm. else in the book are as as realistic to the historical things as I can find it. So a lot of people like reading mine because they actually get a real feel of the time period through through the books because that, that, it bugs me to read a historical book <laughs> novel And like uh, there's one lady who wrote uh, she lo- wrote wonderful books. I loved her books. And she was writing in the late 1800s, and she had a boat builder who was using plywood. Oh, right. <laughs> they didn't use plywood then. <laughs> plywood didn't come until in the, in the 20th century, you know, in, the, in right. the 1900s. I was like, oh, no. And actually, that will pull me right out of a story. I mean, just jerk me out of a story when... I know the details are not, uh, I, have another, I have another friend who writes, uh, she writes historical and she writes cowboy and, you know, and those kind of things. And she set a series in Texas. She does not live in Texas. I'm not gonna say what state, but she lives in a far Northern state from Texas. And she had one of the books set in a canyon kind of, sort of, okay. West Texas, that snowed and was snowed in for the whole winter, and he was able to build a second story on the house during his <laughs> snowed in winter. <laughs> right. And yes. I was like, yeah, we get snow for a day or two, or week, no yes, longer right. than a week. <laughs> right. And, then it's gone. It's, and some
0: winners, we don't get any at all. Um, yes, it's right. just kind of, it's very hit or miss, but it's never long yeah. lasting. That's for sure. Well, well, but I think one, one of the things that readers, readers love okay. about historical novels is, um, is learning something. And yes, I think that you're exactly right. I think that that's much like I love to read historical novels. And um, one of the great appeals for me is that I can educate myself and learn something new about a specific um, time period or a specific place in that time period or a piece of history, a war or something. Yeah. Um, and that enrich that it. it just makes the whole reading experience so much richer. And I do agree with you that um, in both contemporary and historical novels, it's very, very important for the author to get the details right because details matter and they do help keep the reader in that fictive dream, that story world that we want to keep them in. And if the details aren't right Uh or if they're not strong enough, if they're too vague um, or if they're just flat out wrong, it does jerk the reader yeah. right out of the, the story world that we've put so much time and effort into creating.
1: My husband is really funny. You know, he's, he's a normal, I'm not, I'm a writer and he's a normal. And you know what that means, but yes, he'll, he'll, when I'll try, I want a detail. I'm, saying, I'm got to find out that da da, 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 da da And he said, why? It's all a lie anyway, <laughs> because he writes <laughs> fiction with, because it's not true, it's a lie, you know <laughs> right
0: yeah his his but, normalness is showing through there, he's um yeah. us writers, us unnormal abnormal writers, yeah. we totally understand that <laughs> what you're saying
1: <laughs> and um uh one of the things one of the real reasons I particularly like to get all of the historical details right and of course i'm r- i am I write contemporary too, and I have some contemporary books out, but uh, they, I want, there are, is a whole generation of people who are readers now who hated history. Okay. You know, yep. lots, lots of people hated history because it was boring. You had to, you know, memorize dates and all this kind of stuff. And they didn't make it interesting. Some teachers did, but. And so these people are learning their history from our novels. And so when we are careless about things like that, they get a very skewed view of history. Well, I I,
0: definitely think that fiction has the power to educate. Um, We don't
1: necessarily
0: think of it that way. We think of it as um, a vehicle of entertainment, but it definitely does have the power to educate people
1: sure sure uh and and it, it we in both like your books the we create a world uh that can draw them in and take them out of whatever whatever they're having to face uh yeah i know that my novels my novels are uh i, I do write occasionally i'll write a, one that's Kind of has a deeper uh, seriousness to it, but people there's a lot of people who want to read to take them away from what where they are, and uh, I like well, to well, that. that's
0: me, I like, I to, like to be swept away, um, as a reader, and oh, me, too. <laughs> I can read things that are um, somewhat heavy occasionally, but my favorite books are. Just sweeping romances that carry me away in the sense that I am in the story and falling in love all over again with this yeah um, with this heroine alongside her I'm falling in love with the hero and those are my favorite books and I can count yeah. on those books to deliver an ending that is satisfying and optimistic and I can know that when I shut it I'll feel um, just warm inside and you know just have that happy. Mm-hmm. Um, glow that a wonderful love story
1: gives. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I I like also writing. I mean, reading suspense. I'm writing suspense too. Funny, isn't it? I have. I wrote a suspense novel. I had written one suspense way back, and then, uh, I, I wrote an in a novella collection that I was invited to be part of. I wrote. A suspense. I didn't. I didn't know that I was going to write a suspense when I started, but it, I wrote a suspense then, and now I'm contracted on a novella collection that if It's a mine was a suspense story in it, so I don't know why. I guess because I read a lot of suspense, but I get there's one author and I love her and I love her books. I've just just. And the last one that came, when I first started writing, reading it, I thought, I don't want to go there. Right. You know? Yeah. It was just too much. Yeah. It was. It was a lot of uh, uh, young girls and women being kidnapped and killed, and I know that happens, and I know that that uh, uh, slavery, it, sex slavery, is part of the world and we try, are trying to get rid of it. But I just, I just didn't want to go there right now. <laughs> so, Right. And another reader back. that
0: could have been exactly what, you know, what that kind of a needed. grittier story yeah. and that subject matter could have been exactly what she was needing at that moment. But you're yeah. right. I feel like there are also seasons in our lives as readers and writers where yes. something might work for us and we might be in the head space and the heart space for that thing. And in another season, it's just, it can be too much for me too. And, and so I, um, I really do kind of vary my reading on kind of what I need. You know, if I need something a little bit lighter
1: <laughs> because yeah. of stuff
0: that's going on in my own personal life, then I'll definitely reach yeah. for something a little lighter. Because I've done the same thing, Lena. You know, I've started a book and I know that it's good <laughs> and that others would yeah. like it, but it's just
1: not for me at
0: that moment.
1: That's all. Yeah, this person yeah. this person has won a lot of awards, you know, and and I'm thinking yes. she won a Christie uh, a a couple a year or two ago. Uh, right. But I um, right now I'm reading as many Christmas books as I can get a hold of. You know, I'm featuring oh, a lot yes. of Christmas books on my blog, so I'm reading Christmas books, and I I just uh, my the The blog I put up today, it's not up yet. It's just about ready to be posted. is from uh, It's Cindy Woodsmall and her daughter Erin, and it's not an Amish book. You know, Cindy writes. Oh, good. Yeah,
0: I I always associate Cindy with um, with Amish stories. So she's done something a little different this time. It sounds like
1: this is not This is not an Amish book, and it's called uh, Let's see, The Gift. Of Christmas Past, and it's oh. a very, very interesting story. Uh, you, you might want to read it. <laughs> Here I am, bl- yeah, I might. This book on on your on your uh, time, but that is that's the best one I've read this this year of Christmas books. I was like, you, you they they pull you into the story, and both the the story and the the spiritual thread and the romantic thread and the story arc and everything just pulls you in. And it stayed with me for quite a while after I finished it, reading it. Well, that's, um, that's
0: quite a feat that she pulled off because in a novella, I find that. um, Oh, this isn't a novella. It's kind of almost a little, Oh, it's not a novella.
1: It's a full length novel. Full length novel that she and her, her, her daughter wrote together. It's, oh, it's I not see. A, okay, I misunderstood. I thought it was a Christmas
0: novella because that's what I'm seeing so much of these no. days is the, the shorter yeah, format. This cream. is a
1: full-length novel. Yeah. Okay. A full-length novel. It's probably it's probably uh, maybe 60,000 words. It's not the really, okay. really long, but yeah. I, I would guess that it's about 60,000 words. But it's it's a very, very, very good book that, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of the Christmas books are, are novellas and I like them. There's getting to be where there a lot of people are indie publishing their novellas and they're these little tiny books, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very thin books. But uh and I enjoy them too, but you can read them in <laughs> an hour or two. Yeah, I and I think sometimes
0: that's what that's what people like about them is that um sure. You know, if they're going on a on a drive to their in-laws house for Thanksgiving, they can pull up a novella and complete the whole thing in, in two hours or three hours yeah. um, or less, one sitting, yeah. and feel that sense of yeah. completion. Like, well, I read that whole thing. It was complete from start to yeah. finish. And I do think that this is what you were saying about, you know, um, having a lot of Christmas stories on your blog right now and reading a lot of Christmas stories. I think you're not alone. I think a lot of readers... Um, this is exactly the time of year when they get in the mood, they want to start to get in the Christmas spirit. And so they start to uh, get in the mood for those Christmas stories, which I, I love, I love writing and reading them at this time of year too. So I'm right there with you.
1: Okay. Our time is going away. It goes away so quickly. I want to remind our listeners that, uh, we are talking to Becky Wade. Uh, www.beckywade.com, B-E-C-K-Y-W-A-D-E. And then her blog is www.lifeandfiction.com and slash blog. And you can read her blog there. You'll want to be sure you get, uh, you can get the novella Then Came You, which is the introduction to True to you, so that's two books you'll want to get, and you'll want to get her one and only because that's her Christie Award-winning novel. Becky, it's been a joy to have you here with me. Uh, I think I, I think I may have to start instead of having a half-hour show, either change it to 45 minutes or an hour, because uh, <laughs> I, I love I love uh, pulling out my reader, my uh, guests and Getting their thoughts and introducing them to the listeners. And well, be- I, I think you may need to
0: expand it because that sure went fast. But thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed chatting with you today.
1: Okay, and it will be a free as an iPod on iTunes in I think it, by the next day. Thank you, Becky. Thank you, Lena.